Good to be with you again. This is twice this month, and both times we've been privileged to share in the sacraments that our church recognizes, and that's always a privilege. If you have your Bibles, or if you want to turn with me in the Pew Bible, the scripture today is from James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, and in the Pew Bible, it's found on page 1883. Hear the word of the Lord for the people of God. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the, horses, into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by the strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of eagle among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on by fire by hell. All kind of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. With it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can fresh, both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. May God add his blessings and give us understanding of his holy and inspired word. There's an old legend of a Greek philosopher that called his servant to him one time and ask his servant to prepare him the best possible dish he could make. Servant went away and he thought for a time and he came back and he brought his master a dish of tongue. And he said to him, with this we can bless, we can share happiness, we can dispel sorrow, we can cheer the weak, we can inspire the discouraged, we can say things to lift people in their lives. Sometime later, the philosopher called the servant to him again and asked that he prepare him the best, the worst possible dish. Once again, the servant brought to him a gift of tongue. He said, this is the worst of all dishes because with it we may curse, we may break hearts, destroy reputations, cause conflict, hurt, even war. Isn't this what James is talking about in our scripture lesson today? Out of the mouth comes praise 
and cursing. What he's talking about are the words that we speak. He's talking about how we control our words, how we control the tone of our words, how we control everything that passes our lips. The book of Proverbs says, the words of a reckless, of a reckless pierce like swords, but the words of the wise bring healing. Matthew quotes Christ, for by your words you will be acquitted, by your words you will be condemned. That's the same idea that James is expressing to us in this chapter. He's telling us that we control our words. The Apostle John one time said, little children love one another. A little later, the Apostle John also said, Let's call down fire from heaven on our enemies. Simon Peter, in his great confession, said he would never deny Jesus. Sometimes later, Simon Peter denied Jesus three times. The Bible also stresses we need to be good listeners. And that is certainly true. We all need to learn that ability. But at the same time, we need to recognize that God gives us the ability to speak. God tell, gives us the opportunity to relay messages to other people with the words that come out of our mouths. Words are powerful. We may think we have no power in our words, no influence by what we say, but how wrong we are. Someone said one time, a word spoken at a solemn moment may be a mightier force for good than any bodily act we may do. History shows that to be true. Think about the words of Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Or those of Winston Churchill during World War II when the blood, sweat, and tears speech was made. Or think of the number of times that Christ spoke to people with his words and how many people's lives were changed because of those words. In each of these occasions, the words were chosen to fit the opportunity. James is urging us to do the same thing. He's not telling us just to be quiet. He's telling us to control our words. He's telling us to control the tone that we use when we speak our words. He's telling us that the words that we use to communicate, either praise or curse, they uplift or they tear down, they encourage or they shatter hope. It is no wonder that Christ said in Matthew, for by your words you will be acquitted, by your words, you will be condemned. There's an old proverb that probably many of you have used on occasion, perhaps at a time when someone hurt you by their words or when someone spread some gossip about you that you knew wasn't true. Or someone may have even called you a very hurtful name. And you might have said, sticks and stones break my bones but that words never hurt. I don't think that proverb is true. 
Broken bones may hurt for a time, but hopefully they'll heal. But words, words spoken without thought, strike at the heart of a person. They hurt, create a hurt that often lasts in some people a lifetime. Hurts occur because we do not guard our words. We say things without thinking. We're not very good caretakers when it comes to the words that leave our lips. I love the Peanuts cartoon in the paper. And how many times do you see in that cartoon that Lucy does the same thing to Charlie Brown? Lucy says whatever comes to her mind. And poor Charlie Brown is left moaning and groaning and often hurting. My question for you is, how often are we the Lucys of this world? How often do we speak without thinking? How often do we criticize without looking into the background? How often do we complain without thinking? The result of those words is that there are a whole lot of Charlie Browns in this world who are moaning and groaning because of the words that we spoke. That happens to family members, church members, neighbors, the clerk at the store, checkout person in line. Hurts caused because words are spoken without much thought. James uses three illustrations to point this out to us. He talks about a bit in a horse's mouth and how much control you have when that bit is in the horse's mouth. Or a rudder on a ship, and can you imagine what it would be like to be out in the great ocean with no rudder to steer that ship? Or a spark from a fire, and how just a small spark will set a whole neighborhood of houses on fire. A number of years ago, the Soil Conservation Service built a number of watersheds. Some of you will recall before those were built how many bottomlands were flooded. But after the watersheds were built and they could control the release of water, the flooding was a whole lot less. James wants us to be the same way. He wants us to control them in such a way that, we leave, that the words that leave our lips will not be words that we're sorry about. In other words, he wants us to be a caretaker. Caretakers are those who oversee things things that they're responsible for, a garden, a complex, a golf course, children, whatever it may be. Our, the job of that chair care, caretaker is to make sure that nothing happens to the one who is in, whom, uh, for whom they have charge. In the same way, our speech is in our care. James tells us, guard your words. William the Conqueror ruled in England in 1066. At that time, people lived in houses built, by, built out of wood, and they cooked on stoves that just the slightest spark could cause a fire. William instituted a plan in which every night a bell would ring, and the plan was that everybody in the house that heard that bell would go and check on the fire to be sure the spark had been put out. 
The bell became a safety reminder for the family to prevent the houses from burning down. You and I need to be aware of the words we speak and the tone we speak them. We need to be aware that once words are spoken, there's no way to get them back. There's no way to go out there and pick them up like you would a piece of wood. You've often heard it said that three things do not come back. An arrow that leaves the bow, a lost opportunity, and a spoken word. Once they're gone, they're gone. Like a handful of feathers thrown into the wind that can no longer be collected. Think about it, you know that's a true statement. Perhaps someone starts a rumor about you. How do you stop it? Or a gossip piece about you. How do you keep it from spreading? Truth is, you can't stop it. You might tell a few people and tell them your side of it and you might stop it with them. But what about the person who told the person who told the person who told the person? How can you stop that? There is no way to bring back a spoken word. James, however, doesn't want us to take a vow of silence. He's urging us control. Trying to do what William the Conqueror tried to do for his people. The question is, how good are we at controlling our words? Do we strike back immediately when someone hurts us? Do we complain and grumble instead of giving encouragement? Do we gossip without realizing whom that gossip may hurt? Guard your words. Make them helpful. Make them encouraging, not hurtful. This is particularly important when it comes to our children. And what better time for us to remember this on the, than on the day in which we participate in a Baptist in a sacrament of baptism. Today you stood with Tony and Caleb Brooke and you pledged to undertake in a covenant manner the responsibilities for Tinley. How many times have you made that stand before for other children? This is our charge. There are many ways that we can do that. Children hear us even when we think they are not listening. They hear us talk. They hear the tone of our voice. They hear our reaction to friends and neighbors. They hear us talk about our faith. They hear us talk about our church, good or bad. They hear us talk about friends and neighbors. They hear us use profanity or other words that are similar to that. It's often been said that little pitchers have big ears. That's a very true statement. Not only do those little pitchers hear, they repeat. They often use it as a pattern for their lives. You may hear them in another room using the exact same words they heard you use a short time before. Why? Because they heard their parents or they heard their grandparents or their aunts and uncles, 
or their other relatives or church members, whoever it might be, they heard somebody say that word and they thought it was okay. Many, many years ago, a poet named Beth Day wrote a poem called Three Gates of Gold that will help us do what James asked us to do. She wrote, if you're tempted to reveal a tale that someone has told you about another person, make it pass before you speak three gates of gold, three narrow gates. Is it true? Is it needful? If in your mind you give a truthful answer, and the next and last is the narrowest, is it kind? And if to reach your lips it passes through these three gateways, then you may tell the tale without fear of its consequences. Those words are pretty good advice. Are they true? Are they needed? Are they kind? And I don't think that Beth Day or James would mind if we added a fourth. Are they pleasing to Christ? Not just on Sunday, when we're talking about church, but throughout the week, when we're talking about our friends and our neighbors and the people down the road and the people in the store. Would Christ be pleased? James has given us quite a challenge. You might call it an awesome responsibility. We're responsible for caring for every single word, every single inflection that leaves with those words from our mouths. Think how much better relationships would be if we were to guard our words. The task becomes much easier if you remember those four gates. Is it true? Is it needed? Is it kind? Is it pleasing to Christ? Think how much better it would be for our children if they heard us practice those four gates on a daily basis. That's our challenge. That's our responsibility as God's people. That's our charge from James. That's what we owe our children. Remembering the words of Proverbs, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Let us pray. Oh God, our words are powerful even though we think many times they do not carry much power. Our words are heard by our children, and that's an awesome task. Help us, Lord, as your people, to make sure that our children hear from us words that are helpful and kind and encouraging and uplifting to others. Help us to guard against words that may tear down, destroy, and ruin. Be our guide throughout, O Lord. Bless our families and bless the church and bless all whom we meet that through our words they will know that we are your people. In the name of Christ, amen.